Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 134 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, today marks a be- dawning of a new era. It is now the Alvin Gentry Kings. A lot of people told me that Luke Walton was the problem. Fong, did you think Luke Walton was the problem? Yes, no. you do. Yes, you oh, do, okay. actually. It, he was always the problem. <laughs> you know, he, it was the, that he was the reason why the defense was trash. He was a defense why, or de- he was the reason why the um, offense in the fourth quarter was awful. He's the reason why Buddy takes awful threes, and you know, all is good now. Oh no! Oh, oh we oh we actually lost uh, the seventy six year game. Okay. Now um, no, I know it just started out that way. But I'm not blaming this on Alvin Gentry. I'm trying to make the point is that it's still kind of the same shit <laughs> was basically what we saw this game. Uh, let, let, let's kind of start with the first three quarters. First three quarters were just breakneck speed. Like it was, you know, it, it felt like Doc Rivers said, all right, guys, we only have eight guys. Just just, you know, just go and score and worry about the defense later. And that was basically the game for um, for three quarters. Then by the end of the third quarter, and a little bit in the beginning of the fourth, the Kings looked like they had won that battle. And remember how I said, like, the Kings should play fast so that they could wear out the very much depleted Sixers? Yes, I do remember. Yeah, and that was kind of like, that was actually, I think, a, a very good game plan by Alvin to just wear these guys out. They ended up playing a nine-man rotation, but, you know, Paul Reed only played six minutes, so really, an an eight-man rotation. So it looked like they were starting to wear out. And and the Kings go up nine, like, early in the the fourth. Early in the fourth. Like, a lot of that has to be Tristan Thompson. He comes in after Rashawn kind of gets poked in the eye pretty brutally to the point where he actually had to go to the back to kind of look at his eye. And then he comes out, um, Tristan Thompson comes in and basically just like big boys, a bunch big boys, the young, the young centers on uh, on the on the Sixers and just gets a bunch of offensive rebounds, giving the Kings a new jolt of life. And they go up nine. And unfortunately, this is where the the, the game kind of turned. Buddy comes down. I think Tyrese passes it to him. He goes for a home run three around about 27 feet, launches it way long, and that leads to a layup on, layup on the other end. And then on the next play, Marvin is wide open in the corner and breaks a uh, wide open corner three. Um, it, they, they come down. I think Yang like posts up uh, Tyrese, no help, easy layup. And that was unfortunately where the game turned. And I even wrote it here where basically I, I hope this doesn't come back to haunt the Kings. And unfortunately it did. And that is kind of where the problems kind of started again for the first three quarters. It looked very good. Like it, there was definitely a, a motto or a, like the Kings memo were was to just attack fast and, you know, get, you know, just get out there and just try to run. But you know, they, for whatever reason, just decide to go back to the same old shit in crunch time, and they end up losing this game. Uh, Fong, what did you see throughout the game? Well, I saw some, I guess you could say, inconsistencies. Uh, deep, I mean, the effort, for sure, felt a lot better, especially in the defensive end. But, you know, there's, also, there's always some holes within those uh 
I guess you could say positive notes that we had. Uh, the defense I thought was pretty good, but you know our rebounding was terrible. In terms of offense, our offense was everywhere. It seemed stretches, then all of a sudden we just went straight downhill as if Luke was still here. Okay, so I'm actually going to give you a very shocking stat. I'm actually going to bring you give you a number of stats that you're going to be very shocked by. Oh no, am I wrong? <laughs> how many how many rebounds do you think the 76ers had more than the Kings? Hmm. My guess, which I haven't checked the box score by the way, my guess is Sixers had about maybe eight more rebounds. You are wrong because the Kings had three more rebounds than, oh, than the Sixers. Oh my gosh! We, so they had, they actually had, they had one more offensive rebound, and we'll kind of get to like why we felt that way because Andre Drummond could not be stopped in the fourth, and I cannot believe I'm saying that. I say just said that phrase, but the Kings actually out rebounded them. We got this. We got less assist overall. We actually got. Well, no, we have more turnovers, actually. We fouled less. Overall, it was a relatively even game for the most part, although it didn't feel that way. Like, the Kings the Kings did a lot of good things this game. Like, let's not, let's not, like, you know, let that be lost in this pretty awful loss. But at the same time, like, they just had god-awful possessions in the fourth. And one thing was that they missed a lot of threes. Okay, I'm going to have you try and guess. Uh, so the Kings started out five for seven from three in the first quarter with Buddy going three for three. Yeah. How how many? Let's just say I'll give you the attempts uh, that they had after uh, the first quarter. So overall, they finished with 31 attempts. So they made five in the first quarter. How many more for the rest of the game do you think they made? Well, knowing the Kings, because I don't remember a time when we hit more than 10. So I'm going to guess nine total freeze. So we're going to make four in the four or in the second half. You are somewhat close. They were two for 20. Let me see. Two for 24 for the rest of the game. Oh, my gosh. They only made six threes in the. They only made seven. They only made seven. seven. My math is wrong. (laughs) And it's just like. You know, live by the three, die by the three, and you know, to a more, a more um, extreme extent, live by the buddy, die by the buddy. Because you know, he did do, do some good things this game. He actually played some pretty decent defense, I thought, for some for some possessions. But he took some god awful threes in the third, and it's and some of them were even open. Some of them I didn't fo- like fully mind to be honest. But they he took them. There was one he took with Matisse Thibault all over him, and it gets blocked, and it leads to a run out on the other end. And it's at that point where I'm just like, I get why he's out there. He's out there for spacing purposes, and you need space for De'Aaron to attack. Well, De'Aaron just isn't finishing anyways. You might as well just bench Buddy at this point. The decision-making, the ball handling, just the the kind of awful – just he's been playing bad. He's, he does not deserve to get, you know – rewarded essentially for playing bad you have other options out there like you know td or throw in mo harkless like it's it's just one of those things where i'm sick of seeing buddy like do buddy things and i just feel this is kind of like the thing that the accountability thing that a lot of people have been talking about with the kings you know buddy i get why he's out there again he's out there for spacing purposes and if you need a three 
you know, he's your guy. But like, I don't remember too. I just don't remember many moments where he's hit crucial threes. There were not, there were a number of open threes that he still missed anyways. And again, that, that wide open go, you know, home run three that would have put the Kings up 12. He missed that one. And it, that basically is the epitome of living by the buddy and dying by the buddy. Yep. It's, it's too bad because to be honest, I'm going to be real honest. The fourth quarter buddy I saw this game, I did not have faith at any of his shots. I'm not going to lie. And I don't think he made any in the fourth, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Well, we only made two so for the rest of the, <laughs> rest of the third three quarters. So it's like, yeah, pretty much. Um, the Kings' threes aren't falling down. Like, Buddy, when he's not, when, you know, he's not hitting threes, is usually just a liability out there. There's just, there's no other way to put it. That's just how it is. And then, of course, we have to bring up the other moment where the game really kind of felt lost. Um, I don't remember the what like all the occurrences in the possession, but basically the the Kings dig the ball out, shot clock winding down. De'Aaron Fox fakes a three, gets the guy flying by, takes one dribble, takes the open three, and it just bricks so badly on short. Like it hit the back, it almost wedged basically. It was a ugly, ugly break and. That kind of was a deflate. That deflated the Kings. I felt it was just, and then the Sixers call timeout and they get a and they get a play run and they score and that basically was it. And it's just something is off with De'Aaron. We've known all season. He just, he needs to find a way to get out of that rut. It's just it's just not happening right now. I don't know what it is with him. And you know maybe it is us putting unrealistic expectations on him just because of, of his poor performances last year. But like he's got to be at least a little better. He, you know, he ended up scoring what twenty three points. You know, seven for fifteen. He needs more shots. Like, you know, again, the stagnant offense is on him too. Like maybe he should like run attack a little bit more off ball, and maybe that's the maybe Alvin Gentry is gonna fix that because apparently that was all Luke's fault. But you know, it might take some time. But De'Aaron needs to attack more and just yeah, that was bad. Yeah, I mean he's still young. I'm, I mean I'm hoping he'll figure something out before he hits his prime. Uh, but yeah, in my opinion, I would yeah play off a couple of the threes, even though you know, I mean if he's open, why not just let it fly? But I, yeah, I I feel like he should really attack the basket more, even and hope that you know. He draws the foul because it seems like he hasn't been uh, drawing fouls as well in recent games. But this game, I mean, he he uh, drew some fouls. He hit eight for 10 from free throw. And yeah, you gain that muscle for a reason. Like, you know, I, I don't know why he's not. Of course, like the rule changes have affected him. He's actually one of the like big. He's actually one of the guys that's been affected most. It's actually mm-hmm. under under like it's not talked about much just because, you know, Sacramento isn't. Know, winning right now so he's not a relevant topic like he's been affected by the rule change but just attack the basket and just just try to make the shot as opposed to actually seeking contact you know as much as he does and you know it, it's you know i i talk, i joke about the coaching thing i mean this unfortunately kind of kind of like supports the idea that the the issue has always been the players 
like I don't think I highly doubt Alvin told them, oh, just just run stagnant offense. Just, you know, run like an ISO and just, you know, jack up, jack up a mid range, jack up a three, jack up a fadeaway or, you know, in Buddy's case, just throw up a three that gets blocked like I, Alvin is Alvin. I highly doubt is telling them and I highly doubt that Luke was the one telling them to do that. And these guys got to find a way. And, you know, Rashawn Holmes was his mom, like Leticia Holmes, I think is how you say her name. Well, I'll just call her Mama Holmes. Mama mm-hmm. Holmes talks about how in all in all of these losses, they don't get the ball enough to Rashawn. And you might say, like, well, Rashawn's not the guy to go to in crunch time. But he is a good marker for if the if the ball movement is flowing well um, in in this in the Kings's offense. You know, he was he was really good, like, you know, like in the first three quarters until he got poked in the eye by Andre and then it, something fell a little off with him. But like he's a good marker for if the if the king if the Kings are running good offense. And guess what? In the fourth quarter, he usually doesn't get the ball because the Kings don't run good offense. Yeah, sadly, mostly ISO ball, but, you know. Somewhat has changed in the fourth quarter of this game. There was some plays that were made. It's just sadly didn't fall through. Yeah, and again, like the Kings are still cold, just cold from three. Mind you, Buddy started three for three from three. You want to, you want to, you want to take a guess how much he, what he finished? I already see the bot score. So <laughs> okay, for those that you don't know, he's he finished five for eleven. So if you do the math, that is two for eight for the rest of the game. Again, live by the buddy, die by the buddy. <sighs> I will shout him out for this though. Nine rebounds, good, good, good on him. Yeah, he really uh, tried for those rebounds. Yeah, unfortunately, at the end of the game, um, Kings just could not. Kings couldn't get a stop and get the rebound. Andre Drummond simply just overpowered Rashawn uh, on multiple plays that just led to shot, led to you know shots and and or fouls. And that basically just ended the game. Like the guards need to help him out on that. And just, and you know, if they, if he still ends up getting the rebound, like just pass it, just like you, they just got to hustle back to their guy or like hope that the D de- hope that the defense is like, you know, in sync enough to like, you know, rotate properly. But yeah, they gave up multiple offensive rebounds and it basically sealed the game for them. And this is, this is before we mentioned, this is not, this is not really the Sixers. They are playing the Sixers are playing without Embiid, without Harris, without Seth Curry, without D- Danny Green and Ben Simmons. That's basically their entire starting lineup that just gone. And yeah, like I think someone mentioned a lot of these guys that play today were from the were from the um, 76ers summer league team. We still got beat. Like, if that's not deflating, I don't know what else is. And yeah, there's just something wrong with there is something mentally just piss piss weak about this team. Like that needs to be fixed. And unfortunately, it's gonna have to be a trade at this point. Yeah, sadly, it's gonna have to come down to one of our probably free untouchables. But yeah, I guess we'll see what um Monty has in store because you know when uh, we end the season and do our, you know, five worst losses and five best wins, this is definitely going to be on the top. I just hope we have more games coming for the wins because it's a pretty short list right now. So. Yeah. And Kings have lost, what, eight of nine at this point? 
and again, like it really does. Sh- it really we'll, we'll need a bigger sample size. But like I even said, like Alvin Gentry probably is not the solution. I, it's you know the one thing that really stuck out to me listening to James Ham uh, and on his podcast was he he said that there is a there is a softness about the team, and it seem there's there's one guy on the team he didn't mention who, but you can kind of make a guess of who it is, kind of. But basically, the idea is that there's a softness about the team, and it doesn't matter if you bring in a leader. If you're if like the core of the team or your best player is just is, you know, not is just not a tough minded person and also just constantly says my bad without the accountability, without using that accountability to actually improve himself, you're always just going to be stuck in the same rut. And and the Tristan Thompson speech basically kind of basically like gave away the fact that Tristan Thompson has met this met this my bad guy. And, you know, he he knows who it is. The team pretty much knows who it is. And they kind of they kind of follow behind him for better or for worse. And, you know, with with the long if you look at the longest tenure Kings, it's it's either De'Aaron or Buddy. And it's probably one of those guys. And it's it's just kind of permeate permeating in the in the organization. And the organization doesn't seem to be able to hold both of them accountable. And I'm not even saying like, it's both of them. It's probably one of them. Like, you know, again, buddy gets to play in the fourth, no matter what. Remember Lou Wallen's first year where he would get benched or just like, you know, not playing well. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the fan base was, the fan base was very much kind of like wanted Lou Wallen's head for it. Now, like for whatever reason, he never gets benched anymore. It doesn't matter what he does. It just he just doesn't get benched, and it's that I'm talking about that level of accountability. And then you look at the De'Aaron on defense. His he his de- he played well for the most part uh, this game, but like his defense continues to be pretty terrible. Like he had moments. Don't get me wrong, but like constantly going under the screen and giving up open threes to the Sixers. Like it's just. That defensive toughness, the always wanting to kind of cheat when going around screens, not fighting through the screen. Again, it, it doesn't matter how many good, how many like good vet players that you add to this team, how many say good draft picks like a Tyrese or a Davion that you bring in to quote unquote will change the culture of the team. Like I'm not saying De'Aaron is is that is that soft guy, but if De'Aaron doesn't turn it on. The way that we know he can more consistently, this team will never get out of get out of this kind of funk. It just won't happen because he's the best player and everyone follows his lead and they will go as far as he takes them. <sighs> yeah, sadly, that is the case. Now, speaking about trades, out of the people that we have, who you think we should get rid of? Uh, so you said three core players. So give me those three names. In my opinion, I mean, I said the three untouchables were Tyrese, De'Aaron, and Davion. Now, with the team, how's how the team's going on right now? I, I'm 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 leaning towards maybe trading Fox. To be honest, I mean, I I hate to be at that point, but like, yeah. I'm kind of on that train. I wouldn't be happy to do it, but it's the no. it's it's and like you cannot sell me on the fact that you know 
Simmons is a mentally tougher guy than Fox. I don't I don't think that's the case at all. And, you know, you talk about lack of accountability. I, I fear what the Kings culture is going to let him get away with. And, you know, there, there is a there's a bit of a there, there, it's going to be a risk to trade for him. But I will say this. If had the Chris Webber trade happened today, I would have hated it, too, because Chris Webber, like from Washington and also the Warriors came with a bunch of baggage about like not getting along with his coach, being a bit of a being a bit of a diva that wants everything built around him. And then, you know, his his play was and that he was a very talented player, but he clearly had flaws. And then you had the personality red flags that I would not have loved to have dealt with. And then you traded away a fan favorite, arguably the second best shooting guard during that era, like for him, like. It was a risk that ended up paying off, and ben, and I will say Ben Simmons very much could be that, but you, but Monty would be taking that risk if you're going to be you know giving up Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not not well. Uh, I don't know the word. Not well seen. I don't even know another word for that. But yeah, it's not common. There we go. Not common during this era. But yeah, for sure. Back in those days, you got to take risks to make something out of the, that stat, those stat teams. Yeah, and if we're going to trade, like, I think Buddy is going to go end up being on the Sixers and probably going to try and package Marvin in that deal, too. Um, like, th- it does mean that the Sixers do have to send something back, and maybe, maybe, <laughs> you know? Um, so... There, there's some possibilities there, but I, I think this this roster needs a shakeup, and I think that's where this team is going to be heading. Until then, it's probably going to be the same shit as tonight showed. But we do need a bigger sample size. I'm, 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 I, it sounds like I'm down on Alvin Gentry. I'm not. I'm more down on the roster and the mental and just the mental kind of weakness that they're showing, like the fragility of this, of this uh, team. Like how do you always just revert back to ISO ball, like run some stuff. Like I know fourth quarter ball more or less devolves into that, but like you don't have the talent. You just don't have the talent to do that. So just try and run something and just try and stick to your plan and, you know, not always feed it to Buddy to throw up bad shots. I don't know why it always ends up in his hands for a bad shot. Yeah, we have uh, a lot of other creators. I mean, sadly, Tyrese didn't have a good game today. Uh, who else was out there? Harrison Barnes, uh, yeah, he didn't play well as well. So I guess you got to choose the one who thinks can make a shot, I guess. I know bad. Tyrese, quote unquote, didn't play well. I thought he, I actually thought he did, even though he didn't score. Yes, we could have used some of his open threes, mm-hmm. but he wasn't the problem. No, like, that's the thing with with this. Like, sh- like again, but but I hate to crowd crap on him as much as I do, but like, buddy needs to be better. Just, yeah, like you can't go three for three and then end up two for eight and then shoot two for eight for the rest of the game. It's just. Take better shots or like try and set up guys better. Like it's just the passes like aren't there. And it's just like, you know, I think there needs to be more accountability. And I think it's I think it might be time to just like maybe cut down on Buddy's minutes because like I get it. You need him out there for spacing, but he he does. He does nothing else for you. Yeah, because like like theoretically, he provides spacing because he can hit shots, not hitting them. Just isn't. 
I mean, yeah, we definitely have a lot of other options. It's just for some reason we always devolve to the same offense. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So overall, um, Kings get a new coach, but we do see that the roster does have issues and it needs to be addressed. I don't know what that will be like someone throughout the idea of maybe signing a James Ennis, you know, a wing guy that can shoot some threes and play some defense. Maybe that helps. But again, I think ultimately it's going to need to come from the best player on the team. And it, it's got to be De'Aaron right now because Tyrese isn't really that guy. Davion is not that guy. He sure as hell don't want Buddy to do that. And Harrison Barnes has come back down to earth. And you know, the, the Kings survived on him being amazing through what the first like um, nine games. But, you know, if he's not, if he doesn't have it, but Tierra needs to step up. Yes. And I guess we shall see in the next game, which is going to be Wednesday, I believe. Against, against? Portland. Portland is in a bit of, they're inconsistent, but like yeah. you talk about, you know, you know, a get right game against the Kings, like, there you go. Yeah. Plus, we did win against them um, in, earlier we are, in the season. We are, we are not that team anymore. We're not I that know. team anymore, Paul. That's, it, let's not bring that up. It's literally like a month or two ago, too. It's, it's, that's it really wasn't that long ago. It feels like years ago. It feels like we've been through two seasons. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Man, what well, has changed? A lot has changed. And I just, I mean, again, it's it was frustrating watching this loss. Again, again, you played against essentially a summer league team with some play. With you know, Tyrese Maxey was really good. Uh, he didn't shoot well. He played amazing, great. And Matisse Fibo too, with his defense, man, he was he was just annoying to play against. And I think someone said this was the second highest scoring scoring game ever. Who Matisse? Oh, oh, okay. Congrats on him. So it's like, so it's so it's always got to be against the Kings. It just always has to happen that way. And uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's how that's how this team has been. And um, and it doesn't seem to be coaching. I'll just say that after one game, it's still the same old shit. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what the next move will be. And yeah, um. So I don't know what else more to say other than I am very disappointed in this loss and Kings need to just pick their shit up. Like it's it's no like they they're not handling adversity well and it's just again uh, it's got to be a roster change at this point. I don't know if it means trading Fox or not. I it pro- it probably means that Buddy has to go one way or the other. I just think I just think even though he does he does serve a purpose and I've been shitting on him this entire podcast he does serve a purpose and a lot of other mm-hmm. teams would like him <laughs> Lakers but they're not going to be able to get him but you know it, there's there's paths that I can see the Kings to success it's still too early to say you know tankathon season it's still early in the season so maybe we can find a way to turn it around um, but as it stands right now uh, it's it's the same old shit right now. Yes, and I guess we shall see. Okay, well, th- thank you guys for listening. Sorry for just being a Debbie Downer on this one, but 
we just watched a, another fourth quarter collapse where, again, they always seem to rope rope us in with some good defense and the, the crowd gets hyped and then they just just st- stick something in our heart. They just disappoint us every single time and we fall for it every single time. Yes, let's hope things change. I mean, probably, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to be honest, probably not anytime soon, but hopefully by... You know, all-star break, we're halfway through the season because that it seems like it's usually around that time where a lot of things change. And that's when, you know, potential trades and uh, moves are being made. Yeah, and keep an eye on December 15th because uh, that is when the t- players that sign new contracts this this latest offseason – is eligible to be traded again. That's when trades will probably start start happening. Mm, I see. Well, I guess we shall see. Okay. Again, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys after the Portland game, and hopefully the Kings bounce back. Oh yeah. I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of seeing them lose. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see you guys later.